This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 179 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben, um, I'm back and I'm joined by Gaz. How are we doing mate? Are you well? Back again. Back again. It's only the second one we've done together this year, I think, isn't it? This season, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I, I did, uh, I did see somebody, uh, somebody a while back, a couple of weeks back, suggesting that uh, we'd had a bit of a, a rift. You know, we had a bit of a falling out. I was like, no, that's not the case. We just never liked each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why would we let that stop us doing the podcast? We got through 178 of them with not liking each other. Um, no, to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'm rather good. I've just, uh, I've just been off to the seaside and had uh, chips by the sea. I'm getting some stick from a former Lincoln City manager on Twitter at the moment for taking my own plate um, <laughs> and eating that off a plate in my car. So but it's important. I, 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 I can see... And how people think it looks weird, but I'm a very particular man, and I like to have chips, beans, and either sausage or, or in this instance, it was a southern fried chicken. Now, when you put your beans on your chips, because I'm not a beans in a pot man, when you put your beans on the chips, it moistures everything underneath, and so it makes the paper wet if you have it in a paper. Uh, and when you put vinegar on, it's the same. And also, if you've got something that needs cutting, like fish, you can pull it apart and eat it. A, chi- a, a, a sausage or a southern fried chicken you have to cut with a knife so you have to get some purchase you can't cut with a knife on paper or on a tray because you dig into the tray absolutely impractical um so we took plates we took our own utensils uh we took ketchup vinegar salt um it was good enjoyed it incredible you've had two weeks of chris and his dramatic insight into you know Footballing, uh, footballing tactics, and you know all of this inside knowledge, and then you, I come back, and within what a minute you're talking about fish and chips, horses for courses. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, <laughs> I don't want to go over your head too early, Ben. Do I talking about actual football? <laughs> Ooh, 
Yeah, that's that's your that's your first. Of, actually, no, it's not your first of the day because uh, you you had the um, you had the. Oh no, it was yesterday, wasn't it? The derby write up and my little uh, your little dig at me at the very end. Which um, uh, Hugh Johnson, who is Alan Johnson's dad, and Alan Johnson is a real proper journalist, and Hugh, uh, who is his dad, came on and put very clever headline. I'll take it. I'll take so, it. I said yes. I came up with it all myself. <laughs> you cop to it in the article, though. Fair enough. Even though you know, I, I know it causes you intense pain to uh, to give me praise publicly. So it's all good. It's all good. Um. So, when, yeah. when I said it was like putting a kid's picture on the fridge, by the way, I had that Family Guy sketch in my head. You know where Lois and and Peter Griffin are going, Stewie, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. We'll put it on the fridge, and he goes, ooh, ooh, you put it on the fridge, and walks out the uh, walks out the kitchen, and they start laughing at it and going, what even is it? Let's throw it away and spit on it and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and I kind of had that you walking out the kitchen going, he's going to use my headline, <laughs> me going, it doesn't make sense for a moron. There was there was an amazing. Um, Oh, there was an amazing cartoon. I've never been able to find it again because it's it's brilliant. Um, I think it was like Modern Toss or something, one of those, you know, like crudely drawn character things. And there was like, there was a kid showing his dad a picture that he'd drawn at school and he just went, I made this for you. And his dad takes one look at it and he goes, that's fucking shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was Modern Toss, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've not been able to find it since and I, I want to because it, it's just brilliant. I, I, yeah, love it. But uh, Anyway, we should probably start talking about football. Um, we've had, uh, uh, you know, we had obviously had the game postponed on Saturday for uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and then, um, you know, going into the game on Tuesday night against Derby, don't think anybody was really that positive, were they? Um, you know, not that confident, at least. Um, I remember, you know, we, we sort of bumped into each other as we normally do, and you know, we're having a chat with uh, with yourself and your dad and Chris, and and it was like, yeah, are we confident? No, like we. All I wanted it to be was, you know, avoiding another Peterborough, really. Um, but uh, yeah, to come out of that game on Tuesday night, two 0 winners was uh, was an absolute treat and uh, a really gritty determined display from from everybody involved wasn't it so yeah you're quite right we obviously we met in the fan zone do you know i've got a sense of deja vu here um <laughs> well we, we met in the fan zone um before the game and and it was a it wasn't it wasn't negative i don't think it was just there wasn't an awful lot of belief that we were going to get anything from the game there was no real optimism um it mm. felt a lot like the sheffield wednesday game um, you know, when we were kind of going into that thinking we were going to get our butts kicked felt a lot um matt my mate said ipswich 5-3 a few years ago um and, and it did have that, that that kind of almost like a cup tie atmosphere uh, mm. and that's because they're a relatively big club there's a certain psychology i think that so and for me, I mean, we'll talk about the game in depth, I'm sure. But for me, the biggest positive was was getting a result against the team at Central Bank who wanted to play football because that's been the one weapon in our arsenal over the last couple of years is we've been able to match teams who want to play football, you know, 90% of the time. And it, it, uh, yeah, it conjures up images of us, um, obviously Sheffield Wednesday, but we, we've played well against the likes of Charlton at Central Bank, at Oxford at New Year. We did very well against, um, we've gone away and done the same. And my fear this season was, I couldn't see where the secret weapon was. You know, we've played the smaller teams that we can't break down, broke them mm. down, scored, and then not defended against them. We've gone to Peterborough, we've had our butts kicked. We've gone to Cambridge where they were just more organised. Maybe it was just kind of a 
fear in me but the performance as much as the result and we weren't brilliant by the way we weren't brilliant by any stretch of the imagination we were averaging possession at best um, at times on Tuesday night but the performance overall the way with the work ethic the organization made me think actually I can see the pattern again I can see after a few weeks now where we're heading and, and, and that pleased me I think more than anything yeah totally um I, I think that the the opening five ten minutes I, I started to worry a little bit um you know Derby sort of came out of the blocks relatively well um and I thought you know they they look like an organized side but you're right I think the the way that um it was put together and the way that you know the the um the lads kind of had that it was almost, and I, I don't want to use the phrase, but it was almost Cowley-esque in the way that it was, you know, refused to lose. And it, 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 you know, the grit, the determination. I mean, there was a few challenges. There was a few moments, particularly late on in the second half, where, um, you know, a challenge went in and it just lifted everybody in the ground. You know, there was a few really massive roars from the crowd that weren't to do with goals or chances or anything like that you know it was just the, the belief was kind of bubbling away and then I think you know something happened and it, it just lifted everybody um I know you mentioned in your report as well when you know the, the moment with TJ when he got the ball thrown at him and he kind of ran past the crowd and tried to you know jeers up a little bit more that got everybody going as well um but I just thought it was a really determined performance that uh, everybody um you know everybody like you said, not necessarily the best tie, uh, the best all the way through the game, but the fact that they, you know, they really, again, phrase I don't like, but they put a shift in, you know, and it was uh, it was well worth it in the end. And I thought we thoroughly deserved the three points coming out of it. Yeah, I agree with you about the first ten minutes. I thought Derby looked looked like they wanted it, and and, and there was maybe it's, yeah, there's obviously not a hangover from Cambridge, is there? Because it's been ten days. Yeah. Um, but you, you just felt TJ misplaced some passes, last mm-hmm. misplaced some passes. I thought, oh, okay, so that's what we're going to get. And then probably the penalty came at the right time. I mean, it was our um, it was our first chance. Mm. I think on goal, uh, it was a really nice move. And if you watch it from watch it unfold from midfield, it actually starts with Matty Virtue, who I thought had a very very good game. Uh, and it's virtue to Garrett. Garrett back to Ioma. Ioma kind of a cross field. He did very, very well. Clever turn by Diamond. Always a penalty, despite what you and Jake said in our Stacey West group chat. It was 100% a penalty. Um, I, I, I think it I, certainly from, from my, where I was where I was sitting. I think from where I was sat, it, it was it could be described as potentially soft. I mean, there was contact. You can't go in for a challenge like that. But I think if we'd have uh, if we'd have had Foul. it. Yeah, I think if we'd have had it given against us, we'd, we'd probably be a little bit uh, a little bit more grumpy. Not afterwards when I'd seen it, because it's a foul. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> that's, you know, his leg's gone across him. He's, he's fouled Jack Diamond. I would have been angry if we hadn't got it. And it's, you know, I've seen much softer penalties given at Sinsel Bank for, for fouls mm-hmm. on Brennan Johnson. That's a foul. And, you know, maybe he did play for it. He certainly, it's more, it was similar to the one that he got for Sunderland against us. Yeah. Um, and then you, you kind of get that penalty and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I hope I get something there. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? You just because just if you score, you wonder, well, they've got a big crowd. How are they going to react? They've got some young players as well. We talk about the players that they've got, like Hurahan and, and um, Mendes Lang and, and players like that. But they had some young players as well who you might just wilt. Got the goal. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were they were still the better team in an attacking sense. Um, they showed more purpose, 
But over the course of the game, their XG was still significantly lower than ours by by a goal. The penalty does, did make the big difference, though. Um, but then, yet, yeah, then as soon as we got the goal, I thought our heads lifted. Mm. And I thought there was a confidence in every single player. And we were still misplacing passes. But when we did, we got back into position and we tackled and we won balls and we contested, like you said. Um, and, and one or two players in the first half stood out for me massively. I thought Matty Virtue was, was excellent in the first half. He faded in the second, excellent mm. in the first easy and lazy to say Jack Diamond um, and, and I've seen comparisons with other players but Diamond gives us what I think I've been saying on the podcast for the last you know four months we need is a player who drops a shoulder who beats a man who mm. who, who, who tricks through and jinxes through we've needed it for so long and he gives us that mm. on the other flank Jordan Garrick he's getting lower ratings on Stacey Weston I'm really surprised about that but he gave us the cross field ball and they were doubling up on him if you look at times we were putting a ball out there and the fullback and centre half were both going to him yeah um so I, I thought that he he had a good game and obviously I thought in the first half Sean Rowan showed exactly what he was all about unlucky not to get a goal with a stinging drive that I think would have beat the keeper if it had been on target so um yeah it gets half time one nil up and and you're happy, aren't you, at that point? Yeah, and I, you know, thoroughly agree with you on on Sean Rowe. And I think we, you know, me and you both were at half time sort of had a, a couple of messages across in the chat, and we we both said that he's, you know, owned the first half completely. I thought, he, to to be fair, I thought he was Lincoln's man of the match on Tuesday night by, you know, by a little bit of a distance. Um, but uh, yeah, I think getting to half time with it being one nil was was critical. Um, obviously, you know, they had a goal disallowed um, for for offside and it was uh, I think looking back at the replay I think that one seemed a little bit tight but it was the right decision um, and then you know you come out in the second half and um, I, I think I heard somebody say on the way out of the game I don't think they could have complained if we'd won that three or four nil and I don't think we would have com- we would have been able to complain if that ended two all it was that kind of a game where you know everything was it was kind of back and forth and there was there was quite a lot going on even though Derby had a lot of the possession, they didn't really do a lot with it. And I think that was something that we got criticised for last season, you know, is where we were playing it about, you know, between us and not not having possession with purpose, as you like to say. Um, but I think the fact that we managed to, you know, get forward and essentially hit them after a bit of a blow when, you know, that, that second goal, went, uh, well, their equaliser went in and again was, was ruled out for offside. I think the fact that we went up the other end and scored pretty much instantly was uh was a massive uh, massive relief but um no I, I i just thought it was a, a solid you know really solid performance that um i was yeah absolutely delighted with coming away and it was uh um a result that like i said i, I thought we thoroughly deserved um was there anything else that you wanted to to, to throw on the pile gaz um, yeah, to be fair, there's there's plenty that I want to add. Um, I did miss a few bits and bobs that, that that you just said, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But I didn't think either of their goals um, should have stood. I thought they were both offside. I thought Mendes Lang was um, very good for them. I thought he was a constant threat, and I thought Sean Rowan, for a teenager, marshalling a man of that stature who played 20 odd games in the Premier League for Cardiff three years ago, uh, was was exemplary. Um, very, very good indeed. Um, I, I, I thought that the fans were very good, to be honest, as well. I didn't feel that the nerves set in. There wasn't an awful lot of moaning when we did misplace a pass. It was almost, um, it almost felt like, and it, it, it's not a great thing to say, but like little Lincoln City were coming together. And I think that some of the problems happen in the terraces in terms of disagreements with people when you play in um, Fleetwood and you're thinking, 
So that, there's that sense of entitlement. We should beat these. Oh, who's misplacing this pass? Who's misplacing that pass? Um, whereas when you're playing derby and you won a lot and you don't expect anything, you feel a togetherness. We felt it against Oxford, I think, in January. We felt it against Sheffield Wednesday. So, so that was really nice. Mm. Um, I thought uh, Ben House did uh, a lot of good things without getting an awful lot of joy. And he, I know he got his goal, um, but I think other than that, it, it was a tough evening for Ben, if I'm honest. I think he had experienced centre-half that he was up against. I thought um, he made the right sort of runs. And towards the sort of pit, second period, in the second half, we were finding the pass that split the fullback and the defender, and he was getting in and getting in behind. And that was kind of bringing in Jordan Garrick as well. I think Ben House's movement, depending on how long Tom Hopper's out for, we don't know because this, the club is massively secret around um, injuries at the moment. But um, I think Ben is a suitable number nine. I think we've got to play to his strengths. We've got to keep the ball on the floor. There's no point in going in big to him mm. at all. Um, but I thought that he had a very good game as well. So, yeah, coming away, there was just positivity. And look, we've already touched on it. We didn't play that well in in possession. You know, we, we, we gave the ball away um, in, in some moments. We tried to force it once or twice. Um, but the a majority of the time we let them have possession. Yeah, you were right. They had 63% possession. Well done, Derby. Did nothing with it, which is exactly what we did, by the way, against Cambridge. It was flip rever- going to flip reverse it as, uh, as some rapper <laughs> once said which i think was about um oral sex rather than lincoln versus cambridge but you never know um and, and so we did yeah you know, we we did have less possession we played half as many passes 302 passes compared to their 624 um but actually we talk about losses uh, i think we lost 100 lost the ball 138 times which is all about tackles and that but they did the same as well so um perhaps we weren't as sloppy as we think I don't think that Derby County are a great side, by the way. Um, I think they're a decent side. I don't think they're a great side at all. I don't think that they'll be near the top six if they continue to play like that. Uh, but it was a, it was just, it was an uplifting moment, and I, I just hope that we can now kick on. And you know, it papers over some of the cracks that people saw after Cambridge and the mass overreaction after Cambridge, of which I was a part, by the way, I think was as much fueled by the fact that the transfer window had closed and we hadn't brought a striker in and we'd let Charlie Kendall go. Do you know what? As much by that, because we've then gone, oh, we're going to be crap. And then two days later, oh, we are crap. Look at that. We're doomed. Um, that put the Derby result puts a real, you know, puts a nice little rubber stamp on it. And actually that Lincoln city maybe might have taken something from Accrington as well. And we'd be in a much better position. So, um, plenty of positives. I'm not going to get carried away. Mm. We can't get carried away. Um, never too high, never too low, but it is one of the first games where we have had more XG than our opponent. And you know, I love XG. You <laughs> know that I don't, I believe firmly numbers do not lie. Um, we had more shots than Derby, one fewer on target. It was 12-4 to 9-5, um, but I'll, I'll I'll take that. It's a great building block, a great building block. And I think we've got some young players who are very, very talented who may be confidence players. And mm. I think that if we can get a result on the back of this at Bristol Rovers, uh, and then we have Doncaster in the cup, and we, we can take something from that. And if we put a little three-game unbeaten run, maybe with two wins, maybe with three wins, I think that you'll see some of the players that we have really thriving, really thriving. And I think that could could be positive going into the uh, the October period. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you say there about uh, players being a confidence player. I think the the prime example of that is is T J Omer. I think he was, um, you know, like you said, after the Cambridge game, he started to 
to shrink away a little. Well, you know, sounded like he, he did during the game um, as much as I listened to it. But uh, coming into the game, like you said, he, he grew into the derby match. Um, yeah. In, and I thought he was, uh, yeah, came out of it. I thought he was, it, it, well, you could see his reaction on the um, on the videos that the club put out. He was um, absolutely delighted and rightly so. Um, but do you know? Do you know who else I think is a big confidence player? And we haven't seen anything like what he's able to do at the minute. I think Tashan, Tashan Booth. Yeah. Um, he came on under difficult circumstances because yep. you know, Ted Bishop was playing in his perfect role. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the way that we were pressing, you, the dead keeper was playing outfield, wasn't he? He was basically playing as a third centre back, and they were playing <laughs> it across. But we were poised and we were waiting. And if you look out of possession, we actually went to a four-four-two. Um, and Ben House and, and Ted Bishop pushed up on the centre-halves and they were the runners and the chasers. So we were almost like a flat 4-4-2. And that proves why formations are overrated because you can change in and out of possession. So when um, Ted went off and Tashan came on, actually he had a really crucial role to play because he wasn't just playing a central midfield role. Out of possession, he was having to come further forward. He had to know you know, when he was triggered. So when the ball went to a certain player, that's the one he chased. When the ball goes back, he has to go back into position in order for us to keep our shape. And when you're having to come into a game, you know, on the back of that, having probably not been the player that's been, they all get coached, but not been the player that's picked to do that role initially, you have to be very, very kind of, you have to be switched on. You have to be, I mean, he's an intelligent footballer, but you have to be confident. And and I think actually at times, Tashan has looked at the opposite of that. Mm. Um, but then at times, early doors against Fleetwood, I think he's looked very good. He's a player who's going to grow in confidence. This time last year, Luis Fiorini was just beginning to come to people's attention. He had scored at Cambridge. I think he would go on to score in the next game as well. I can't remember which one he was. Uh, and, and he went on to be a big key player for us. Um, Tashan could do that, especially now Ted's injured and Max Sanders is injured because I think he's going to have to play games. Um, and if he plays like he did on Tuesday, um, I think that he... He could be a big asset to this football club. I think a lot of people will owe him an apology. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he he started to he, he grabbed the chance on Tuesday night, didn't he, with, with both hands and kind of came on. And I thought he he looked he looked impressive. You know, he, he putting himself about. And I think there was a one moment when he got pulled back on the halfway line where he thought, yeah, he's he looked like he was about to go and break. And you think, well, you know, he he, he was showing that he uh, he's definitely got it about him, as I think some people say. Um, but yeah, no, he's impressed. Played for England under nineteen level and yeah, you know, played in the championship for Stoke. He's he's not gonna be like you or me pulling on a shirt for the dog and duck on a Sunday, is he? I mean he's a footballer. And that's yeah. what always amuses me. You know, when someone sits in the stands and says he's like, crap. Yeah, eating a sausage roll with three beers in them and a line of Charlie and they go, He's a fucking rubbish footballer, you think he's not though, is he? Because he's playing for a League One side. Um mm. and you're not, so <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I, you know, just to sort of put a put a full stop on it, I think it was a, you know, really solid performance. And, you know, let's quickly talk about Ben House's goal, because um, at the time it looked like he sort of almost forgot where he was for a second. But when you watch it back, um, it's a really nice finish, he opens himself up well. And he, he just his body shape kind of guides the ball past the keeper rather than anything else, wasn't it? It was a, you know, a cleverly placed finish. Yeah, I don't think he looked 
out of control at all. I think what you've got with Ben House is a, a player that's really neat with his feet. He's good, close control. It's like when he gets the ball, it's like you're pressing that close dribble button on FIFA. Um, you know, yeah. He draws the ball closer to him. So I didn't fancy him for a finish from there, but I fancied him to get a shot away. I thought it'd be blocked um, mm. and it, it was a decent goal. But again, you know, kudos Jack Diamond, who yeah. doesn't like to pass, uh, to be fair. Um <laughs> You know, and there was there was one occasion where he didn't pass. I can't remember the moment now where we were just screaming if he had just fed the ball in, but he had made the chance himself. And you, you know, you almost think, well, you you know, you made the chance, you may as well have a go with it. But um, yeah, but yeah, you know, and again, I, I, you know, Jack Diamond, um, just such an exciting looking footballer, and uh, I just you know got to keep him fit. Got to keep him fit because he made that goal for Ben House by being greedy. Um, but he made the goal, <laughs> and let's face it, you know, Scully was the same. We always used to say Scully was greedy, but you know, 30-40% of the time, his greed led to a half chance or a shot from himself or, or, or something. All the best footballers are greedy. Gary Lineker didn't score 49 goals or 48 goals for England uh, because he was benevolent and generous, did he? No, no, that's fair enough, but um, yeah. Definitely a lot of things to be uh, to be happy about coming away from the ground on Tuesday night. I think it was uh, it, it was another special night under the under the lights. Um, it always something always seems to happen uh, when the you know when the floodlights are on. It was uh, yeah really really enjoyable evening. Um, but one thing that that happened just before the game that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Um, I was. Well, I know you were because you probably had the heads up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was uh, was a signing. Um, Jacob Davenport, formerly of uh, Manchester City. Um, not, uh, you know, I'm not hugely familiar because, again, you know, young player, and uh, the only the only stuff that I've really read has been your um, your piece about him on the site, and it's. Um, yeah, it seems like an interesting one. Mark Kennedy said at the end of the game that he's been with the, he's been with the squad for a couple of weeks, um, and he's a player that is is in on merit definitely, and you know wants to play for us. And there was a couple of other interesting comments um, from Mark as well, which um, we'll, we'll we'll touch on us in a sec. But uh, yeah, uh, Jacob Davenport, guys, sounds like an intriguing little signing. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, um, I'm, I'm sure you will have done by now, but I think if you look back over my 12 free agents that I would like us to sign article at the beginning of the season, uh, beginning of the summer, we've now signed three of them, um, which is, is quite pleasing. Jacob Davenport was the one who, at the time, I certainly had no inclination at all that we might be looking at. Um, so, yeah, he's at Manchester City, as we know. Uh, playing central midfield it's it suggested that he moved to Blackburn for around half a million pounds it's an undisclosed fee some places have said it was rising to a million etc uh, and this was in July 2018 so it was at, you know after we'd won the Czech Trade Trophy so he's gone to Blackburn Rovers and he's had a nightmare of a time at Blackburn um, with injuries I mean he's you know, a player that I think that they really liked there but he couldn't get fit I think he did his ACL he was out for a long period of time um, and it's just come to a point where you know they've, they've cut him loose in order to continue building their squad. Now I I think at 23 years old, a player with four seasons Championship experience, albeit you know an injury hit four seasons, and then time at Manchester City, England under 18 international, I think mm. it's a great signing. I really do. I think it's a signing with massive potential. If if Jack Davenport is fit, um, he's as good as any midfielder, and I'll say this confidently, as any midfielder we've got on our books. 
no doubt whatsoever. I mean, he was strong. He was combative um, from what I what I've seen, and I'd, I'd done a little bit of research on him uh, before I even knew we were going to sign him. Obviously, from my from my article. Um, so he certainly plays six. I think that he's somebody that will complement Lars Sorensen, and and it's shown a shift, I think, in the transfer um, ideology at the club because we want two for two. And mm. so it's two for every two for every single position rather. And going out of the transfer window, we felt we'd got one number nine in Hopper and that put Ben House playing uh, as an eight. And that meant that Matty Virtue was the six alongside Lars Sorensen. And you can be fluid with that. But if you play, if you're having two for every position, somebody's got to be the other six. And, and everyone thought that was Virtue. I think that the club have secretly and surreptitiously been trying to feed us the fact that we're going to sign another six because there's been, no, genuinely genuinely because my understanding was that mark kennedy preferred ben house as an eight but okay. after the game he was saying we definitely like him as a nine but actually if you go back to the cambridge game after the cambridge game mark kennedy said he saw matty virtue as an eight and that really surprised me because i thought well hang on that means we haven't got another six now i know or, or four or whatever you want to call um, last Sorensen, I call it a six, but people say that's wrong, so whatever. Um, so I actually think, I mean, we know Jack Davenport's been training with the club for a few weeks now. I think his last trial, he was at Hearts, he was close to signing for them and then didn't move up there. So that's the kind of level that he's been at. He was on trial at Reading. You know, championship clubs, Scottish Premier League clubs have been looking at him. Um, I think he, he's going to be strong competition for last I think we'll see him on Tuesday night. I think anybody that is at the bank on Tuesday night and gets to see Jacob Davenport in action um, will probably be thinking that we may have unearthed the gem from the free agent list. It's only four months, so the mm. club are not committing. You know, we're not saying that you know, he might get to December. If he has been massive, then then the, the deal may extend. If he struggled and he has not played much, then we can still go into the January transfer window with whatever budget we've spent on him to bring in a player in another position. So I think it's good business all around. Yeah, I think the um, the the moment in the interview for me where I thought, oh, that's an interesting comment, was when he said, you know, he's he's coming in to, you know, he's come here to play. We like him as a player, and you know, he's he's he wants to play and prove himself. And I think, well, that suggests to me a player that's not just coming in for a short term contract you know he's obviously going to want to want to be you know better himself and either put himself in the shop window or stay at the club but the shop window thing leads me on to the the other interesting comments um where mark kennedy suggested that you know that there have been other players that have uh, essentially used lincoln as a um as a way to get a better deal elsewhere um that's, that's that, that happens all the time though yeah i know it was, it was just interesting to hear you know essentially to hear a manager uh, you know head coach come out and, and say it outright rather than you know just sort of say that it, i think he said that he'd let a couple of them go so i don't know if that was you know a, a player that we may have had on the books that was looking to move i thought that you know, i couldn't have thought that would be the case particularly you know some of the ones no, that be, we, we've gone out but it'll be trialists it'll be trialists yeah. who have come in it wouldn't surprise me at all i do know that the club um spoke to some strikers and i think the, demand, the demands from nearly every free agent striker were two years and more money than anyone else in the team was on because it's a you know it's, it's a seller's market so yeah, the, you know the, the clubs are desperate. You only have to look at Burton and signing Sam Winnell and signing Mustafa Carriol, and on paper they sound very good. But Carriol was poor for Gillingham. Sam Winnell didn't exactly do it at Oxford. 
you know, last year, Joe Dodo was a uh, former Leicester man, went to Doncaster Rovers after the window. As I understand it, we'd spoken to him after the transfer window last year, after we lost out on Morgan Whitaker and he wanted more money than we were willing to pay. And look where he is now, um, or look where Doncaster are now. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I take a pinch of salt and this is no disrespect to Mark Kennedy. I take a pinch of salt with anything that comes out of the club officially through that sort of press conference because yeah. I know that the club can say things and I know that they can't. And it's easy to say we've had unnamed players who have been on trial and we've let them go and we want this player in. Because the club want the fans to like Jacob Davenport. What they don't want is for the fans to go, that's not a striker on social media. Uh, do you know what I mean? So yeah, there's, yeah. Got to be a, there's got to be um, kind of caveats. There's got to be angles where people go, oh, well, that's a good thing. He wants to be here. We're going to like him. Um, yeah. So I, I'm always I'm not always looking for the subtext that 90% of official club media has a subtext. Everything that comes out of the club is thought out. Um, it's, you know, nothing really happens by accident unless you've got Harry Anderson and Ben Coker <laughs> playing yo-yo together or me uh, getting my timings wrong on Morgan Rogers. You know, very, very little comes out of the club by accident, certainly not through official channels. And Mark Kennedy, I think, is as savvy and as closed as any manager... Um, that I can think of certainly over the last two managers, mm. you know, Michael Appleton and Danny Cowley were not Mavericks, but they would say things in interviews that you just know there was a media guy at the back of the room going, Oh, for, for, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Danny yeah, yeah. especially just like, Oh God, no, don't say that. And Michael would, would say it. Mark Kennedy's very, very different. And I think that comes from his experience with the press. I mean, if you dig in, I think he sued the son. Great man. Yeah. Um, for the <laughs> running a false story, you know, He's so, and I think that contributed a little bit to his interview with Beth uh, on Radio Lincolnshire, which I didn't particularly like. Anyone who's got iFollow, the audio iFollow, um, I, th- I think Beth says to him, oh, you know, um, and how, we, how was the injury situation after the weekend? And he just goes, okay, stops. And it reminded me of when I asked Jez, have we got a sell-on clause for George Grant? And he went, <laughs> yes. And the whole room just went silent. And you sit there thinking, shit. And it went silent for about a second and then everyone just started laughing because it was quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, the Radio Link 2 one went silent for about three or four seconds and then Beth Ooh. went, oh, we'll, we'll cut that out. And But they didn't cut it out on iFollow. Oh. And, and it came across as Mark being quite... But I think... And, and here's another point. I mean, we're going off on a tangent now. Did you notice how Michael Horton didn't ask about Tom Hopper? Post-match interview. Asked about yeah. Joe Walsh, didn't ask about Tom Hopper. Why? You're not telling me Michael Horton is uh, an inexperienced journalist who forgot that Tom Hopper hadn't been picked. Telling you now, he will have either not been told, but there will have been a suggestion. We don't want to talk about Tom Hopper. I I think I think that that will be the case. We don't want to have to talk about that situation. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, just just going back to to the you know what you're saying about the 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 pauses in the interview and stuff. I think that might be you know potentially mark sounding them out rather than just you know intentionally being very awkward because i know the first interview that he did with rob i think got a little bit of uh a little bit of stick because you know rob asked him a question it was it was pretty much the same like yep no yep it was all right you know that kind of one or two word answer so um but no that made it uh that made it all the all the sweeter when we did the podcast. And the first thing you said was, "I know you're not going to try and stitch me up," which was uh, which was quite nice. Um, so yeah, right. 
shall we uh, talk about an actual announcement that came out of the club that uh, has, uh, well, basically the MK Dons game is off, isn't it? Yeah. Don't know which three we've had called up. I imagine I haven't seen uh, England under 21s. I'm imagining Rushworth. I know obviously Rowan, um, but I don't know the other one. I thought they had to have had a certain amount of time on the bench in order to qualify. So I didn't think Osin Gallagher would, but um, unless it's collectively the teams can have so many off because I know MK Dons have had two called up as well. So do you know what it means? It means we will have played three Saturday home games in the first month of the season. Well, one of them was on July 31st, but whatever. Um, and then we won't play any all the way through October, not a single Saturday home game. Christ. Through September, sorry, I beg your pardon. Not October, through September. Bloody hell. That's uh, a shame, isn't it? I, I, it? Yeah, it kind of... That just doesn't feel right. <laughs> it would have been a good time to play MK Dons because... Looking at some of their feeds, you know, they're struggling. Mm. I think they've got players out. They don't know their best side at the moment. Um, I think it would have been a good time to play them. I think that actually it is more detrimental, especially, you know, if we were to go and get something against um, Bristol Rovers, if, and if we were to then get something as expected against Doncaster and you go four games unbeat and you've got a bit of confidence, we just talked about it. Uh, mm. But at the same time, if the Derby result was the um, was the outcome of, of Mark Kennedy having time on the training field, working with the players directly then the break is a good thing and yeah. he, i don't know again if you heard his interview but he did actually say that when you play saturday tuesday you do very little training and players can become detrained which was i thought was an interesting comment a definitely a coach's comment yeah in that you play saturday you recover sunday monday you, you prepare for tuesday you're off wednesday and then you've got recovery day or maybe on a thursday recovery training friday you do a quick training you play the saturday whereas if you don't have the tuesday you can have the sunday off then you've got monday through friday to prepare for a game mm. um so we shall see if coaching is our strong point and kennedy mark kennedy and mike garrity are both respected coaches then the week after mk dons wherever we are and i don't have a fixture list in front of me but the week after mk dons you would certainly hope um that we could Kick on. Where are we? I've got Away it at Bolton. Yeah, of so October. Bolton could well take the brunt of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I think it was um, yeah, it's obviously a, a bit of an annoyance. No, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I mean, obviously I was aware that, you know, the games have been postponed, but when you say that we've, we've played one Saturday home game in the whole of September, it suddenly looks a bit bleak. I didn't say we played any in all of September. Sorry, yeah, we, we played... Yeah, Accrington cancelled. This one will be cancelled, and that takes us through to the end of September. So we won't have played a Saturday home game um, in September at all. We'll have played one home league game in the whole of September. God, that's. And then there's only there's only two in October. <laughs> Sake. Only Charlton and Chef Wednesday in October. We're away at Bolton, away at Ipswich, away at Barnsley, and away at Port Vale. Fun time. When do they all catch up then? Is it? It must be the arse end of the season then. April, home to Cheltenham, home to Port Vale, home to Barnsley. Yeah, looking at it, there's quite a few. January, home to Ipswich, home to Burton Albion, home to Cambridge. Even in November, you see, we've got two home games back to back, but the other two fixtures either side of that are are cup games. So if we were to get a way draw in the first round of the FA Cup, I mean, it won't bother me, unfortunately. Well, I say, unfortunately, I'm away that weekend anyway. There we go. So. Cool. Right. So, I mean, did, let's uh, let's talk about the weekend then. Obviously, we want to take 
something into the weekend um, from Tuesday night and, and hopefully get a result against uh, a Bristol Rovers side that seemingly a little bit inconsistent at the minute. Um, they don't seem to be um, they don't seem to be picking up too many points. I think they've not won in so one, two, three, four, five league games now. Um, lost two 0 on Tuesday night. Had two men sent off. Um, is this the right time to play Bristol Rovers? Do we think? Well, no, because one of those sub red cards has been overturned today. As it, uh, oh, not yeah, that I hadn't, Al- I hadn't Alfie Kilgore. I knew, I knew it would. I watched it back yesterday, and it was never a red card. It wasn't a foul. He's never touched the lad. Lad's just gone down with his momentum. So Alfie Kilgore will play. The other lad has been sent off. They will have to move. I think it's Lewis Hoyle or Hooley uh, from right back to centre half. That won't be a bad thing. And uh, for, for Bristol, I'll explain why um, once I go off. So I don't think we've got a Jake clip, have we? So you're going to rely almost solely on uh, me, I would imagine, for the preview. Pretty um, much. So first of all, talking about their style. So they, they play three uh different formations predominantly um like a 4231 a 4141 or a, a three at the back they're not going to play three at the back because they ain't got three fit center backs to play so i would expect them probably to play um a 4141 which isn't unlike what we play it's a posh way of saying 433 isn't it just getting another layer in there yeah. so um the one in front of the back four is a lad called sam finley who i'll come on to they have anthony evans and luke mccormick who tend to play in the attacking midfield role they're, they're key for me those players they've got a lad Aaron Collins up front was at Forest Green a decent forward uh, scores a couple of goals I think Harry Anderson may miss out he came off injured on Tuesday night after 17 minutes so whether he will play or not I don't know so they play 4-1-4-1 um, their XG is low so their XG is 0.9 for games this this season which is lower than ours believe it or not so they've had more shots at goal but lower xg so we're creating better chances but fewer and um, they're creating chances but they're not good chances and their xg against is 1.76 ours is only 1.5 so they're more likely to concede than we are as well so even though we've not you know had a, a, a great start to the season you're quite right bristol rovers have not had a good start to the season either they are a pass inside i'll give them that there's sometimes a misconception it's Joey Bart and they're going to be tough. They're going to go long. He, he, he's he got this massive problem with going long. He fell out with the Shrewsbury uh, supporters and, and, and even Shrewsbury released that. So kind of Eminem TikTok, which everybody kind of everybody saw. That was amazing. Um, so he likes to play football and um, they play more passes per game on average at the moment than we do 343 to 307. So it's marginal. There's not a massive difference there. Long passes 51 to 52. So they're very much like us. They will go long when they need to, but they're going to try and play football the right way. Could play into our hands in terms of it being Joey Barton. They must be dirty team because they're two men sent off and they've got this, that and the other actually 89 fouls on average per game, uh, uh, 89 fouls, sorry, total, I think committed so far this season. Bosch, we're the same 89 fouls. So they're no more or less dirty than we are so what you've got here essentially is a team that is a little bit like us um, in the terms the way that they set up the way they try and play so there's going to be very little difference in terms of the size of the clubs i think there's very little difference as well so it really is going to be down to who's better organized and who works better on the day and going man for man so as i've said in the midfield anthony evans is a player who i think we were linked with i think he went over to play in germany or something like that came back and played for crew if i remember correctly uh, he seems to be one of their key players and i really like luke mccormick i think he was the boy that was at wimbledon they've got some decent midfielders 
then it could be that midfield battle. It could be who comes out better, who can control the ball in there, who can dictate play. Um, I don't think that they're going to come at us with quite the same intensity as Derby did. I think they're going to try and play out from the back. We're obviously going to try and press that. Both teams are, are kind of probably more comfortable out of possession, dare I say, as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to that's going to be fascinating. Now Sam Finley's an interesting one. He plays holding midfield role uh, for Bristol Rovers. It's just in front of the back two. You know, now he's going to have a big job to do because he's going to be protecting uh, a player who can play centre back but who probably isn't a recognised centre back, which is um, Hooley. Uh, so Finley played under Barton at uh, Fleetwood. He's also been at Accrington. He's been at places like Southport. He's a player that's come up rather than come down, if you know what I mean. So he's he's, he's climbed a ladder rather than slid down the ladder. Um, I think that he could be key, particularly if Ted Bishop is fit. But um, obviously, if Tashan turns up and, and is is his is slick normal self as well, their midfielder breaking up the play in, in front of the back four is going to be massively important. Um they say in terms of inconsistency, yes, actually, I think they've had some bad results and they haven't. They've had a, a, a relatively straightforward start to the season. Uh, obviously, we've played Portsmouth um, and we've played Peterborough and now played Derby. But you look, Bristol Rovers probably haven't had as tough a start to the season and, and we've had a relatively easy start. They drew with Shrewsbury. They drew with Morecambe, very mind a team who haven't won. Um, they lost against Forest Green, a team that we managed to draw against. They have beat Oxford, as we have. They were thumped by Barnsley 3-0. Uh, and their only other win came against Burton. So they've played two of the teams in the bottom in the bottom two already in, in Burton and, and Morecambe. And they've, okay, they've taken um, four points from those games, but they didn't beat Morecambe as you would expect them to do. I've watched back some of their goals. I think they've conceded 10 goals in the league this season. Um, most of them come down there, down the attacking left towards their right back, who uh, in some instances uh, has been Hooley. So I think him actually pulling in could give somebody an opportunity to to impress. What's really interesting is that of those 10 goals, four of them have come from a corners on the left-hand side, four from corners. And the other one was from a set piece, which was near the corner flag. So they're, whether mm. they're susceptible to set pieces, whether they switch off, uh, but that attacking left is, is, is where I think we can get some joy. And who plays attacking left for us? Jack Diamond, a man that you do not want to, to face at the moment because he's relishing first-team football. He's going to be on a high from the Derby game as well. If they've got a makeshift fullback going in at right-back, um, or you know, like a younger player or a player who hasn't been playing much football, it could be an awful afternoon for that player. Especially if Hooley's then having to play right-centre-back and he normally plays right-back, you know, Joe, it, it, it could be tough. I also noted one of the goals they conceded, Kilgore just didn't look like he was the quickest either now we don't have a lot of pace in the middle uh, but we do have pace out wide and that could be something again that we exploit so uh, do you know what i shouldn't be but i'm relatively confident that we can go and get at least a point out of this game i tipped bristol rovers to be my dark horses uh, and i've looked at the lineup they play i've looked at the goals they've conceded and they're just not living up to the to the to the bill. And you know, Paul Coots is there, who I really liked. He's barely had a kick for them. If Harry Anderson is injured, we know that he's got a threat. But if he's injured, that could be an issue for them. You know, they've got the centre back out. They've got they've got centre back suspended. They've got two or three others out as well. I, I think this is as good a time to play them as any. And if we can carry the momentum forward, and there's no reason why we won't prepare for it properly, I'd be quietly confident. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm feeling a little bit more confident than I was at the start of this podcast. 
um after you've said that i think it's um yeah it's it, it's it's a game that i think a lot of people would would say that we should be winning um you know given that they are a team that has come up and they're not you know backed by a massive benefactor and all the rest of it no they've um, got a bit of money don't let him conf- don't let him fool you in that respect they managed to find the money for john marquis that he's currently did, sitting yes. on the bench they managed That's to find the man money for luke mccormick you know he says he can't compete with the Ipswiches, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't got a healthy budget my bet would be that bristol rovers budget is probably a little bit in excess of ours yeah I'd, i'm what i'm saying is like you know they've not got uh they've not got ryan reynolds and, and rob mcclenny behind him basically is what i'm saying in the conference either so uh, that's true um sorry i've been watching welcome to wrexham it's quite good um so yeah, I think uh, you know I'm, I'm going. I think it's going to be a, a, a game that um, I, I think we can take something from. Um, and given what you just said, I, you know my view doesn't really change on that. I think it'll be a, a good weekend. Um, so hopefully, you know we'll be able to maybe start to see a couple of other people come back. I mean, would where would you sit on on lineup changes for um, for Saturday from Tuesday night? Because obviously, you know if Ted Bishop's Injury is indeed what people seem to think it was, which is you know, a little like a hamstring problem. Um, that could rule him out for Saturday, at least. Um, but other than that, what would your thoughts be on on the lineup? I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think there'd be too many changes needed to be made. Won't be any. Um, you bring Tashan in for Ted. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't be any. Um, I, I can't. You wouldn't change the the back four because I thought they played incredibly well and he, he didn't want to change the back four on the back of a defeat against Cambridge. So he's not going to change it on the back of a clean sheet against Derby County. <laughs> no. Um, he's not going to drop last because, again, why would you? You know, clean sheet, Derby County. I thought um, thought in the attacking midfield, we did really well. I thought Tashan did well. Matty Virtue is probably going to, you know, he's going to play. You're not going to drop. Yeah, there's no changes. No there changes. It's the easiest, um, aside from players coming back from, to fitness, it's the easiest fan hub 11 pick that you will have had and let if you've got inside information on ted bishop fine but other than that i can't see any changes being made unless someone else has picked up a knock there we go and uh, i'm sure we'll have a uh, a typically uh, obtuse answer tomorrow in the press conference about uh, about the injury status um but then obviously you know going on to tuesday we've got doncaster in the uh, in the pete's trophy um it's one that you said you were potentially thinking of going to, Gaz. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the pizza trophy, as you call it, or Mickey Mouse, as I unfortunately seem to have fallen into the habit of calling it. I'd, I'd go to the group stage games. I don't. I haven't been to the. Um, I haven't been to them for a while. I have been to them in the past. I didn't like the friendly atmosphere. You know, the, it's all kids and no atmosphere, no real atmosphere. Um, but. I think that there are reasons to go. Um, I, I won't go and watch Newcastle under 21s and Lincoln. I, I, I don't have a fundamental problem with the competition. I get that it serves a purpose. I get it's a way of taking money. I, I, I don't see it as selling our soul. I've just got no interest in watching men play boys. Um, uh, yeah. And, and the thing is, I'll probably have it. I'll probably listen to it somewhere. I won't probably won't even get it on iFollow. Uh, I haven't been to an under-21 Lincoln. This is an under-21 team since I think Chelsea in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not not interested. However, um, I think we're likely to see Jacob Davenport play. I think that we are likely, obviously, to see Jay Ben play. I think that there's a potential um, to to see Charles Vernon play. And these are players that I want to see because. 
yeah, the players that I think have the potential to be knocking on the first team door, certainly Jacob Davenport, as we've already said, um, certainly Charles Vernon. He's, you know, he, he was our first choice winger in preseason, a uh, really quick, talented footballer. And at the minute, he's now got Jordan Garrick and Jack Diamond to get past. I'm really interested to see how he does. And if he does well, how Mark Kennedy handles that? Because we had it a couple of years ago in the same competition when we got to the semi-final and we missed the last penalty on penalty shootout against Sunderland. We could have gone to Wembley, I get it. Um, Theo Archibald and particularly Zach Elbazetti were both excellent in that uh, competition, particularly Zach. You know, yep. player of the round, two games in a row. And it's proven because he's now gone off to Sweden. I think he's played European football, even though they're out of the competition now. That was the level, but he didn't get a chance. And and that was the one thing that kind of pained me occasionally about Mike Appleton was that you've got players played well and then they were frozen out again. Mm. Charles Vernon plays well against Doncaster and there's no reason why he won't because he played really well against, uh, was it Barrow or... Um, who did Jack Diamond come in and play against straight away? Barnsley. So Charles Vernon played yes. really well against Barnsley. If he plays really well, you know, he's going to give Mark a headache. And the more players that are playing well and the more players that give him a headache, the better. If Danny yeah. Mandry is closing in on fitness, we might see a cameo from him because obviously this competition, I think, was the one where we saw Joe Walsh get 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I might go. I, I think it's a seven o'clock kickoff as well, isn't it? Which... Means that can, sounds about right. Yeah, can get my sorry ass home and in bed before um, before I get too tired. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I might go. I might go. Okay. Um, Plus, it's ten grand, isn't it? It's ten grand in the bank if you win it. If we win, we're likely already. You're likely through to the next round. And you know, this is the cup you can have a run in. This is the cup where you know, we're one of the top teams in it. We're one of the big boys in it, and you if we've got a decent squad depth and strikers aside, when players are fit, we have, we've got a midfield. We could play last Sorensen, Ted Bishop and um, Matty Virtue, or we could play Tashan Oakley Booth and Jacob Davenport and Max Sanders. They're both good midfields Mm. to give those players minutes. This competition is the best one for it. We'll go to Bristol Road City. We might put on a brave performance. Oh, it might, you know, we might, we might take it to penalties. We might, we might get through. But there's no run there. You know, there's no money there. Mm. This competition, okay, we have to play kids, but nobody takes it seriously until the latter stages anyway. So if your if your reserve players are on it, not like Barnsley's that turned up and could not give a flying fuck what happened. <laughs> um, but if your players are on it and committed, which I would expect Lincoln city players to be, mm. you can go deep in this conversation. You can the competition rather, you can earn, you can earn 70, 80, 90,000 pounds just by winning a couple of games against reserve teams. And, and Jay Ben plays five or six games. Let's say, five games maybe Jacob Davenport plays those games those players are then getting fit and ready and if you then call on them the next Saturday and unlike you know unlike Zach Albazetti and Theo Archibald who were put back to one side if you actually do use them actually give them 10 minutes at the end of a game you're winning 2-0 something like that it can only be benefit for the overall league campaign so as long as there isn't too much impact on injuries and as long and and even Jacob uh, Jacob Jovan Makama yeah Away on loan, but we can bring him back. He can play in this competition. I think Versfold, uh, Morgan Worsfold Greg's another one as well. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's the competition has value. And whilst it, you know, it, it's not priority at the beginning of the season. Tell you something, you get to February if you're in the semi final, you could go to Wembley. It's priority. Guarantee you that. Yeah, I mean, it's it. It was one of those 
runs that well obviously the run when we won it it was that i think there was a someone did a breakdown about how much you know the club potentially got from it and yeah. um I can't, I can't remember how much it was now but it wasn't it wasn't jump change was it that that our check trade trophy win helped fund our title win the next season yeah and anyone that tells you otherwise is wrong um, because you know the FA Cup run, which was fantastic, revolutionised the club, and we put money into this playing squad when we came out of the National League. We put money into the training ground, but that money didn't last forever. The Checker Trade Trophy game brought not as much money in, but it brought money in that was then invested in the squad that we then used to leverage a title run. We are where we are now, partly because of the Checker Trade Trophy. So however much you dislike it, however much your morals say that it's blood money, it's this, it's that, you do well in it and it helps improve your position. And I know full well that I would like to see us get to the semi-final of it, the final of it, whatever, quarter-final of it, raise some money, lift the playing budget next season and and bring in a better quality of player and, and steady progress. Because we talk about the the model when it comes to the transfers. We talk about bringing players in, improving them, selling them on. And you've got to give them minutes to do that and, and to give some of our young players minutes. Now, this trophy is the best thing to do. All you know, How many players have we got um, or have we encountered from Premier League academies who got their first run playing in this competition? I'll tell you two for a start. Danny Mandrew and Max Sanders both played in this competition for Brighton under-21s. Brooke Norton Cuffey, when we got him on loan, played in this competition for Arsenal under-21s. Anthony Scully's West Ham senior West Ham experience playing in this competition for West Ham under-21s. And it's the same for Lincoln City. I think back to Lee Frecklington, you know, was playing football in this competition before any other. We can say what we want about it, but it's... um, yeah it's good and also i say about player model that's not the only revenue model that a football club has and a cup run in a mickey mouse trophy whether you call it blood money or not b teams will never i'll say this will never enter our football league system because it, there wouldn't be enough people voting for it uh, to happen so even if that is the intention from these big clubs won't happen so we'll take their money you know like an uncle that secretly wants to feel you up so he keeps giving you a tenner <laughs> here and there to spend on beer and fags you'll take the beer and fag money but you'll just make sure that the uncle never actually feels you up cleverly and surreptitiously <laughs> do you know what i mean so there you go the premier league can try and feel us up all we want but as long as they keep feeding us tenors we'll be all right <laughs> what a wonderful analogy that is disclaimer none of my uncles have ever tried to fill me up <laughs> for fuck's sake just so you know um I, yeah i don't really know where to where to pivot to from there to be honest it's uh it, it's a tangent isn't it yeah um, Do you know what? i'm pleased that the internet has held up for this second half yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, you know what, this is this has been all right because a little bit of inside baseball. The, one of the sections at the start took us five attempts to get right, and I've I've heard Gary's uh, versions of the same thing um, five different times. Which was, I might um, even listen to it because I don't know which version of mine will get used because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, the number of times people will think that we met in the fan zone, it'll be like, it's a little bit like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Trying to say the same thing, but doing it a bit differently, hoping that that doesn't make the internet crash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's it in terms of uh, in terms of football. Obviously, um, you know, there isn't a game next weekend, um, so we'll, we'll probably have to to do something different in terms of the podcast. Um, but that does bring me nicely on to... You're so, going like a pro tonight. That's at least the third segue that you have just set up perfectly. I'm impressed, you. Ben. 
Thank you. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. So Gaz put uh, an article up on the site. We've, we've had a, a bit of a chat behind the scenes and um, we're going to make a few changes to the Stacey West podcast. Ben's uh, leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> you, you know, everybody just got the hopes up and I just dashed them in the <laughs> not space. Not everybody. Rachel well, didn't want you to leave. It means she'd have to entertain you for an extra hour every week. She'd hate that. That's not hard. She just sticks me in front of the PlayStation like a child. Um, <laughs> Put your drawings on the fridge. <laughs> um, no. So uh, obviously, yeah, you know, the, the, the recent pods with uh, with Chris have gone down fairly well. Um, so me and Gaz had a chat and Chris is being brought into the fold um, as the podcast fourth wheel, uh, as, as Gaz has christened him. Um, so three times. There is a reason for that, but come on to it in a minute. Yeah. So um, essentially what's going to happen is um, for three out of every four podcasts, you will have either me or Gary. And then for the other podcast in that four, one of us will not be on. So I think we said... Uh, we'll... You've got that wrong, haven't you? No, three out of four. We said we'd do... We said be... we'd do you and me one week. Yeah. You and Jake the next week. Yeah. Me and Chris the next week. Oh, okay. Back to you and me. Oh, okay. No, I thought I thought we said we'd do me and you, me and Jake, me and you, you and Chris. No. I thought that's what we'd agreed on, but anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, go on, carry on. I'll I'll chime in once you've um, gone through it. Yeah. So so basically, um, there'll be there'll be a podcast with me and Gary. There'll be a podcast with me and Jake, and there'll be a podcast with Gary and Chris. Um, essentially, you know. Chris is uh, Chris is as big a stato as Gary, so um, it, it kind of gives us uh, a little bit more of a, a stats heavy episode um, potentially. And this is where I thought we'd, we were doing it one in four, where it was uh, potentially like a you know a monthly stat recap kind of podcast. Um, yeah, but I uh, yeah, idea. I'll let you pick up from there. I didn't like that idea. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so basically, I mean, obviously, Jake been doing a lot of content for us um and, and ben and i have i mean put a lot of hours into this ben in particular um puts a lot of hours in and we want to do more with the podcast we came under some criticism the honest the honest truth is we came under criticism at the end last season for being a little bit stale on twitter um and and both ben and i kind of went away and thought oh we don't want to get stale um, and had to come up with ideas and, and one thing we want to do is more specials so mm-hmm. we want to do more things with former players um but there's no chance whatsoever uh, in, in my schedule uh, and probably not in Ben's to do a proper podcast on a Thursday, a player special on a Sunday. Uh, it just ain't going to work this way. Um, every two, every three weeks, one of us gets a week off. And the plan is that once a month we'll bring you a player special as well. We've got a couple lined up. Um, one that I can say one person who has agreed to come on and it's just a matter of crossing the, T's and dotting the I's is Roger Holmes, uh, who I, um, there'll be some people out there going, who's Roger Holmes? There'll be other people out there going, wow, okay, that's going to be interesting because uh, Roger uh, was a one club man. Mm. Um, so he played just for Lincoln, uh, played 200 odd games all the way through the 60s. It's going to be really interesting. He played for us when we were in what was, what is now the championship. He was there when the club collapsed right the way down to Division 4. He was one of the only players kept on when a new manager came in. I mean, he was Mr. Lincoln City uh, and I can't wait to talk to him about 
uh, about his experiences so that that's the idea and look it won't be hard and fast either so it won't be for definite you get us one week this that and the other it might be some weeks like tonight actually i was off to the coast kind of said to jake did you want to come on and do it and, and jake couldn't so he was tied up so there'll be weeks where it gives us a little bit more flexibility um and one of the things is me and chris play pool sometimes on a thursday as well <laughs> uh so so i think that'll work and and look if it doesn't work let us know you know you're you're the reason we do this you know we don't do it for ourselves so we're only acting really on what on what other people have said that they want to hear you know sometimes it's the the rapport that me and, and ben have or it's the the banter that we have with jake uh, and other times people just want to hear a, a balls out kind of stats and an analysis type thing so we're just going to try and mix it up and you know let us know what you think by all means in in a nice way yeah ideally. absolutely um so yeah should be good though. Ho- hopefully we'll see how it goes you never know it probably won't work and next week it'll just be me and ben calling each other pricks again um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> i mean you know it, that'll never change no it won't ever change and and we want to keep that fundamental and i think some people said you know when jake came on that it was kind of it was still like two guys talking in a pub and and i was sat in the ivy club talking to chris after one of the games and i thought well, it's just two guys talking football in a pub and that's really what we want it to be like and i think i had a message from somebody i can't remember who a listener who who said um the best podcasts are like we're sat listening to a conversation between two people rather than people presenting a show and and that's what we try and do um mm. and sometimes it's nice to hear we on different people's conversations so yeah 100 percent. so um yeah you know let us know if there is anything um that that you know we can do uh, alongside these changes if there's anything that people want to see you know if people have questions then you know we we did do a little bit of a stint for a while where we were answering questions that we took on Twitter, but then for some reason we seemed to stop that. I can't remember why, but we're too know, busy. We're, yeah. we're, we're over an That's hour true. today. So I think yeah. when like, like next week we might do that. And with it not being a game, yeah, it might, I, yeah, it might be challenge. me and Ben again. I mean, the question ones are certainly better when it's me and Ben. And look, we're, we're not saying that me and Ben will only be together one in every three. It might well be, because um, I think I misunderstood. So we're kind of talking almost on air, but it might well be that actually Jake's on once a month, Chris is on once a month, and me and Ben are on twice a month. Um, yeah. It might well be that, and that probably might actually work better. But um, yeah. That's what we do. We don't talk or plan <laughs> until we actually get live on air. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, like two uh, blokes chatting in a pub. <laughs> yeah, um, but if you're, you know, if your suggestion is, oh, Ben can fuck off, then no, just Brilliant. don't bother. Oh, yeah, Rach, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she'll 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 give me this shit anyway. So, um, and then the final thing that we want to talk about, um, because I. Yeah, it's you, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I don't think uh, I don't think we've had a, a big old chat about it on the pod. I know we definitely haven't. Um, no, but, I uh, yeah, go on, plug yourself. Not in that way. Yeah, easy. Um, <laughs> so you may have seen on on the site uh, myself and Rob Bradley, uh, the chairman of the Red Imps Community Trust and Lincoln City board member, uh, are running the Lincoln 10K in aid of the Lincoln City Foundation. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the reason I've chosen the foundation, because I, 
I've got a bit of a running journey recently. Obviously, people know I've shifted a, a few stone um, and, and tried to get myself in a little bit of shape. And I, I targeted doing a 10K just as, uh, as as kind of a personal goal for me. And then over the summer, I kind of got injured. Um, I hurt my leg, uh, really kind of struggled a little bit with not running. Uh, and then on the back of that, uh, a few other things kind of happened that didn't knock knock me as such. But a few things happened where I went, all oh, right, OK, that's not good. Um so I decided I wanted to run the 10K for charity. I was going to run it uh, for a mental health, a national mental health charity uh, and and decided that actually um, I think a localised one would be better uh, purely because I want to help people um, here in Lincoln connected to the football club. Obviously, um, those who, who know we lost an imp uh, in tragic circumstances over this summer, I'm not saying that the... Uh, foundation services w- would have been a benefit or would not have been a benefit but um, I'd like to raise money for them to help them what they do so that if there are people struggling uh, that the, they can get access to the help that they need and also to raise the awareness because you know, I always hate that when people say oh, I'm doing it to raise awareness because you, sometimes you kind of think really like well, I'm doing to raise awareness of tr- cancer treatment everyone knows cancer is bad um, but when it's the Lincoln City Foundation I think there's a lot of times where people will see a post from the foundation and they'll go it's just the foundation and they'll scroll through it and they don't understand the depth of services that they offer uh, so what i'm going to be doing over the next five or six weeks is going to be doing a series of articles based around um the foundation and the things that they do i'm scheduled to go in there on the 12th of october have a tour chat to martin hickerton um, who's also running by the way the lincoln half marathon for the same purpose um and and see what they do firsthand and then tell people about it um through stacy west uh, and i'm also going to be doing articles about running um, for, for positive mental health as well because it's helped me and i'm not somebody that has i'm not saying i've suffered um many mental health issues over the last couple of years i absolutely haven't um, at all i've had bad days and when i wake up and i have a bad day and i'm focused on going on a run or i go on a run in a bad mood and i come back you know, i'm buzzing a lot of the time i'm trying to compete against myself just getting out in the fresh air i hate running by the way it's shit because it makes you sweat and pant and you suddenly stop and you're half an hour from home and you think i've got to do it all again i go all the way back you sound um, like harry anderson honestly yeah, yeah do you know what i mean i it just just not a massive fan of running but you get home and uh, i check on strava and i check my times and i just sit down and it's like i feel good i've run you know? If I then want to have a couple of cans of beer, which I don't, or, or fish and chips or whatever, you have it because you don't then feel like, oh, I'm going to pile the weight on because you're running and it's so good. So I'm going to do some articles about that as well, how running can help you. I know several people who have struggled over the past few weeks, few months or spoken to directly. And it's just, you know, it's about exercise. It's about physical activity really does get you pumping. So I'm running the 10K. I'm doing it probably to raise awareness for the foundation, to raise awareness of actually how good running can be. Because if I'd known it 10 years ago, I might not have written that bloody book that I keep trying to push on everybody all the time. (laughs) Um, And most of all, I'm doing it to put money in the foundation's pocket so that they can offer. They're they're looking at offering um, services of some description to veterans. Uh, they run a veterans club and that's massively important. And I think it's, you know, another area of mental health that people tend to tend to gloss over tend to forget a little bit about and i know personally people who've, who've been over and have served abroad and come back and suffered ptsd 10 15 years later and mm. and, and it's just it's horrific and we know the stats about suicide being the main killer of males of certain age groups and all of that um, and it isn't just about blokes i'm not this isn't a, a, a sexist thing you know the foundation do great work across the board 
Um, but if it if it puts some money in their pocket and and helps one person just feel better about themselves, then that'd be good. We're up to I think 460 quid. Last off, it's the pin post. It's the pin post on my Twitter account. It's the pin post on my Stacey West account. Times are hard. I'm not putting any pressure on anybody. I'm not going to be going around with a begging bowl. I'm not going to be messaging my friends saying, "Isn't it about time you you contributed?" I'm not doing that at all because that you know, charity by bullying is not charity in my opinion at all. You're just being like a Robin Hood, aren't you? Robin from one to give to another, and I'm not that. But if you do have some money spare, just be a couple of quid. Um, can be as much or as little as you want, but it'd be really nice if you just went on and sponsored me to run it. And then if you want to come along on October the 30th and watch me hanging out my arse in Castle Square after I've turned in about an hour and 10 minutes because COVID is still kicking long, the after effects of COVID, I mean, and I've dropped about three minutes off my personal best. So you can come along and have a laugh at that. I'm sure you could do that, actually, Ben. You could come and stand at the finish line with a kebab um, or whatever else it is that you eat and just laugh stand at me. Stand there with a curry jacks. Yeah, a curry jacks and throwing it at me as I come past, going, <laughs> run, fat boy, run, ginger boy, run, or something <laughs> like that. No, but it, it's it's you know you you'll get a few quid from me for sure on, on payday and it's uh, you know it's a, a very very worthy cause um, and yeah before we before we wrap up I I just wanted to say a personal thank you for for the last couple of weeks because um, yeah I don't you know I know you mentioned last week on the podcast that I took a bit of a break took a bit of a break because I was having a bad time simple as that you know um, people say that people need to talk about stuff so here I am I'm talking about it. Um, you know, no, no, no two ways about it. I was having a very bad time in my own head. Um, and it, it wasn't fun. Uh, it led to me, you know, the the morning of the Cambridge game um, was, was not a good time at all. So, you know, I, I didn't listen to the whole game and I was quite open and honest about that on the, on the social media. Um, and some people decided to, take that as oh well that's you know that's the worst thing about football at the moment is if you don't go to the games you can't be asked or you know they've got top support it's like well no all right no it's you know you can't have it both ways you can't say to people talk about your problems and then when people talk about the problems you can't sit there and rip the piss out of them so um yeah i was being honest i was being open i've not had a good time of it recently um but you know gaz was there um and gaz helped me quite a lot uh, so you know i really did appreciate that um, also a big thank you to Pete um, for the same thing and you know Jake and, and everybody else on the uh, on the team yeah Pete Pete messaged me Pete Summers yeah fucking hell yeah he messaged me um, good surprises me because he's normally a first class co- uh, uh. <laughs> no he, he messaged me and he you know he sort of he said you know if you need it just give us a shout so I, I did appreciate that oh, um, okay fair play to him but um, yeah you know early, so yeah, yeah um you know, it was it was it was difficult, but um, you know, sort of needed to take a few days off and, and took a few days off work as well, just to to get my head straight. And um, I'm, I'm more or less back there now, so uh, yeah, do appreciate it. And you know, a couple of other people messaged me as well. So um, yeah, don't you know, if, if people are struggling and they're, they're being open and honest with it, just you know, give them time and um, make sure you support them. That's the main thing. So. Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. And uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap up because we're well over an hour now. Yep. 
well, we're well over an hour on this, and then there's about seven minutes to. You've got three different recordings to tag onto this. Oh Christ! It's going to take me about a week to edit the best. Right. Well, I've, <laughs> I've sent you one, so you've got you've got what you need from me. I'm going away to have a cup of tea in a minute and watch a Lucifer. Fair enough. Well, uh, cool. We will we'll probably be back next week. Maybe do some questions. If if it's not me and Gaz, it'll be two of us. And Jake. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be two of the four. So uh, we'll see you next week. Not the imps. Not the imps. around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNuggets share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.